Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. Good morning, Bethel Atlanta. Hello. Uh, It is feeling like autumn in the air today, so I hope you are snuggled up with a fuzzy blanket, sipping coffee, just enjoying um, the season change. And I was just thinking this morning that there is brand new mercy that never before in all of human history has ever been tasted or seen and uh, received with fullness. And there is new mercy for you right where you are, right in your seat, right in your season that has been reserved for such a time as this. And let's be the people today that don't leave one drop of that mercy untasted, that doesn't leave one drop of what has been reserved for today uh, without being fully received. And this is the day that the Lord has made that he crafted this day with you in mind, with your needs in mind, with your season in mind. And you know, um, you could have one thought today that absolutely changes the trajectory of the rest of your tomorrows. We all have stories. If you don't have a story, it's coming your way of moments in our life where we tap into the thoughts of God, the perspective of God, uh, the awareness of the mercy of God, and it absolutely unlocks part of us that we didn't even know was locked up. And, you know, the Bible says that his thoughts towards us outnumber the sand on the seashore. Let's explore those thoughts today. <laughs> Let, let's, let's not live with any of those thoughts going un, um, unexamined. That, you know, the greatest journey that our life is on today in this season is searching out the nature of God for us. What are we as a community, as a family, learning and pioneering and journeying through the thoughts of God, the nature of God? And all other journeys pale in comparison to this one journey that he is our portion. He is our promised land. The very presence of the living God is what we have inherited. And you know, when uh, the people of God were on the brink of, of stepping into the land that was promised to their fathers and their fathers and their fathers, and they were on the brink of, of their moment in history to take the land. You know, the spies, we, we all cherish the story, the spies were sent into the land and only Joshua and Caleb saw the promise as being bigger than the problem. (laughs) And, you know, four men carried one bundle of grapes, one bunch of grapes on 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 poles because uh, the grapes were too big for one man to carry himself. And, you know, in this season, what, what is the promise 
about the nature of God, about the presence of God that you are on the brink of discovering. Because you know what the enemy wants us to do is settle for a grape when he's given us the land. And Jesus came trumpeting. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come to give you life and to give it in abundance. So everything the enemy does is to get us to fall below our birthright, to fall below our portion inside of the presence of God. And uh, you know, it started in the garden with Adam and Eve when they reached for an apple to get what they needed instead of reaching for the person of God, instead of reaching for what they could not contain within themselves. And everything about the enemy's strategy is to get us to reach for measure. What can I hold within myself? What can I control within myself? And the trick of settling for measure is to get us to settle for less than what Jesus purchased for us. And you know, Israel, when they went in to spy out the promised land, they were all seeing the same giants, the same milk, the same honey, but two men had a different spirit. They saw the problems just like everyone else, but they magnified God. They magnified the presence. They magnified uh, their, their promise giver who was bigger than the giants. And they had measured themselves by themselves and saw themselves as grasshoppers next to the giants. And you know, in this season, we are being called to not measure ourselves by our own capacity, to not measure ourselves by our own strength, what we can accomplish on the earth on our own, but to measure ourselves with our source, that we have a source that is infinitely bigger than us, that we have actually inherited, Ephesians says, God. Our inheritance, our promised land is God himself. And when we live below, God is my portion. And we clench our fists with measure of any kind. We're allowing the devil to have his way with us. We're reaching for apples instead of reaching for the one who comes to us in the cool of the day. And you know, Jesus has a mission in this hour of human history, and it is to love the hell out of the earth. And he will be victorious. And the way that he loves the hell out of the earth is by loving the hell out of you. <laughs> Jesus Christ is loving the hell out of you today. Is anybody else with me in being in a season of having the hell loved out of you? And hell is loved out of us by every area of our life that we have settled for measure, where we have settled to be discipled by poverty, where we have settled to be discipled by neglect and abandonment, and I have to take care of myself. I have to find solutions myself. And he is loving the hell out of us 
And we become the people that that same love loves the hell out of the earth. And when Jesus walked the earth, he triggered the demonic. (laughs) And what happens in our lives is we become triggered by the demonic instead of triggering the demonic. And the people of God are a force on the earth to trigger the hell into terror. (laughs) And everywhere Jesus went, demons went crazy. They could not handle the manifested presence of Jesus because there was no hell in him. And there was no place for a demon to feel comfortable. (laughs) And, you know, we are walking the earth as sons and daughters of the living God, that Jesus has literally passed the torch onto us. And he has said, with your intimacy with me, drive out demons, drive out poverty mentalities, drive out everything that is keeping humanity stuck in measure. And, you know, the thing about measure is that on the earth, there is only measure. There, there's measures of goodness. There's measures of kindness. There's measures of love. And when you look at every relationship in your life, those relationships are giving you uh, nutrients in measures. And we need them. We can't, we can't live without them. And even in the natural, we have measures of money. And that measure of money is taking care of needs. And we have, we have measure on the earth. And, you know, when we live satisfied with measure, we live below the invitation to step in to endless supply. And, you know, measure keeps us stuck in, in orphan mentalities, in an orphan spirit, because there, you know, for the orphan, there's only enough for, for whatever I can hang on to, whatever I can clench with my fists and get for myself. And so we end up using things like influence and power and authority and money and wealth to validate our worth on the earth. And and we're reaching for measure to define who am I supposed to be on the earth. But the people of God, the sons of God, live from another realm towards the earth. We live from a realm of endless supply, that our worth is settled. Our significance is settled. Our needs are settled. That we actually live inside the source of love, the source of provision, the source of hope, the source of solutions. And and we live from that source to the assignment on the earth that we look for every deficit on the earth and we fill it up not with ourselves, but with the person of presence. And, you know, a couple weeks ago, we, we talked together about Elijah and the widow and how she gathered every empty vessel and started pouring the oil and the oil never ran out. And, you know, our expectation when we're living in endless supply is radically different than we're li- when we're living in measure. And what we expect to see on the earth is completely different when we're living from fullness versus living from lack. 
Because when we're living from lack, I have to hang on to everything I can. But when we're living from the source of our provision, from the source of presence, there's nothing we hang on to. Because it literally, presence literally cannot be diminished. And, you know, the vessels... We are the vessels of the presence, and our humanity has limits. I have limits. I have 24 hours in a day. You have 24 hours in a day. But what doesn't have limits is the presence of God. And so, you know, I'll never forget, I was on a ministry trip, and I remember the Holy Spirit whispering to me as I was just serving people to the best of my ability. He said, don't give in such a way as when you leave, the people have less. Give in such a way that when you leave, they have more. Leave them with me. <laughs> and don't, don't, don't show up with the best I have to give is this vessel. That the best you have to give is not this vessel because that vessel is gonna have to leave. That vessel needs sleep. That vessel needs boundaries. <laughs> that, that vessel needs time alone. But what never runs out, what never lives within the boundaries of measure is the oil, is the presence of the living God. And what the earth needs is presence that we have access to, that you don't have to wait in line to get what you need from the Father, that we all have access 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So one of the most violent things we can do right now when, uh, you know, the enemy wants us all to be clenching on to what we currently have, the best thing we can do is to live from another realm, to live from a realm of endless supply. And, you know, one of the stories I've just been pondering in the Bible is the, the story of the widow when Jesus was in the temple and he was watching everyone give into the offering box. And, you know, it, all the rich were coming and, and they were tossing money into the box. And remember, there was a widow that literally had two pennies and it was all that she had left to live on. And she went into the offering box and threw the pennies as an offering to the Lord and Jesus was stunned. It moved the heart of Jesus. It touched the heart of Jesus. And he said, she has given more than everyone else combined because she gave out of her poverty and they gave out of their abundance. And you know, what, what she understood is that without my God, I am poor. Without my God, everything else is measure. And, and what the rich, they were giving out of their extra. They were giving out of, here's enough to take care of me, and I'm going to give out, out of what I don't need. And the truth about our life is we have a source of provision that we are not cared for by any, any, any care that we define by an earthly measure is poverty. That when you look at a source that is infinite, nothing on the earth could ever measure infinite love, infinite provision, that it will never run out. And if you stop, you know, and just look at money in the natural, and it, it can't even fill our soul. 
It, money could never fill the deficit and the need in your heart for worth and attention and love and care and kindness. And when we look at money and we think, man, if I, if I just had X amount, I could really rest. I could really feel like my family would be taken care of. And, and that kind of thinking is a poverty mentality. It's a poverty mentality because it's limiting our care, our source of provision by earthly measure. And Jesus came trumpeting, bring me your need for me. Bring me your poverty because I am life and I wanna fill you up to overflowing. I wanna be your source of provision. Let go of your measure. Drop it in the offering box. And the point of measure, it's not evil. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Everything about our humanity was created with intention, but its purpose is not to define us. Its purpose is to be offered as an offering to Jesus. It's, it's to be thrown in the offering box saying, here is my measure, Jesus. Let it be worship. Let my life sing a song. You know, um, often even just in going with this uh, example of money, I will think, Jesus, just let the way that I hold money in my heart be a song that is sung. Let it be an offering of worship. Let, let not my trust ebb and flow based on what I can hold in my own hand, but let me live. What does life look like when we're living inside of endless supply. There's a reason that the tree in Psalm 1 has been planted by streams of living water because streams speak of endless supply. And how do we see the world around us? What do we dream about in our own life when there's not scarcity, when we're not just trying to survive, but that we're actually living from abundant resource, from there's a solution for that, there's enough for that. I live by streams of living water. And you know, the, when the woman who had the alabaster of perfume, she had a measure on the earth. She had a measure of perfume that had value. And she came and she spilt it all on the feet of Jesus. And, and she was saying with her, with her life, all my measure is for you. Everything you put in my hand, I'm gonna turn it into an offering. Everything you entrust to me on this earth, I'm gonna have it sing a song about how worthy you are. And every, everyone that had a religious perspective, everyone who had a scarcity perspective was saying, hey, we should ration this out for the poor. Hey, there's something we could do better. We could squeeze that out. We could make it last longer. And, and Jesus affirmed her and said, you will always have the poor. There will always be needs. Your mission, your assignment is I hang on to nothing. I fear no lack. God is with me. And she modeled, it's not going to run out. I will always have an offering to bring to Jesus. And, you know, Jesus was training the disciples to see from another realm 
when there was thousands on the hillside that were hungry. And, and Jesus, the Bible says, he was moved with compassion because they were hungry. And, and he didn't want to send them away hungry. And uh, he said, you give them something to eat. And, you know, the disciples are like, we don't, we don't have enough money to give them something to eat. Do you know how much that would cost to go into the village and just buy everyone a tiny snack? And the disciples were thinking within their own ability, with their own capacity to serve the world around them. And Jesus was challenging them. He was challenging their humanity. He came as a man. He put on flesh. He put on the limits of humanity. And he was showing them there's a higher way to live. There's a higher way to live connected to a source that is not in the limits of this world. And he said, what do you have? And everything in the kingdom starts, what is the measure in your hand? It's the same question Elijah asked the widow. What is in your house? And she said, I have a tiny bit of oil. What is that going to do for this problem? And they're like, we have a tiny bit of fish, a tiny bit of bread, a little, little tiny lunch. <laughs> and on the earth right now, the need is unending and what the devil wants us to do is to think with scarcity. I just got this little lunch. What could it do for planet Earth right now? And Jesus is inviting us, think from another realm. Bring me your lunch. Bring me your limits. Bring me your little bit of oil. Lift it up as an offering. Stop clenching it with all your might. Stop hiding in the corner thinking the fish is going to run out. And bring it to Jesus. And you know what? The first thing he did was he looked to the Father and he gave thanks he said, thank you, Father. What all the disciples were saying, it's not enough, it's not enough, it's not enough. Jesus looked to the Father and said, thank you, thank you. Anything put in the hands of Jesus becomes more than enough. And he just started breaking the loaves, breaking the fish until there was abundance left over. And you know, the most terrifying thing about you is not your gifts, it, it's not your anointings, it, it's, it's not your brilliant thinking. All those things were crafted with intention by the Father, and they, they honor the Father, they, they celebrate the Father, they magnify the Father. But what terrifies the enemy is that we would be the people that do not dress us up with measure, that we don't dress ourselves up based on the measures of gifts we have, the measures of anointings, the measures of money, the measures of our connections, the measures of our influence. None of that scares the hell on the earth. <laughs> what scares the hell on the earth is the resurrected nature of an infinite God flowing freely through the people of God, tormenting every demonic influence that says it's going to run out. This is all going to burn. The devil's going to win. <laughs> and you know, what? when Gideon was called to set a nation free, Jesus found him 
literally, it says God found him hiding in a wine press with a tiny bit of wheat because the Midianites had been stealing and ravishing from the people of God. They were literally living as slaves with no food. And God found Gideon with a tiny bit of barley in a wine press because he didn't want the Midianites to find him. And God said to him, you are the mighty man of valor. And Gideon's like looking around. Are you talking to me? And and God saw what Gideon could not see. And it's the same with the loaves and fishes. Jesus saw what the disciples could not see. In, in, in the temple with the widow and her two pennies, Jesus saw what the wealthy could not see. And we have to decide in this hour of history, are we gonna see the giants? Are we gonna see where there's not enough? Or are we gonna see a God who is our source? And God intentionally took Gideon's army down to like nothing (laughs) because he wanted to make sure Gideon's confidence was not resting in his own strength and his own ability, but was resting in the nature of his infinite God. And Gideon was terrified to go take the land because nothing about him qualified him. And today, In this hour of history, if you're looking at the hell on the earth, if you're looking at the injustice that seems to have no end and you feel disqualified, it is your moment. It is your moment to arise and shine because nothing about you qualifies you. It's the voice of your father that qualifies you. It's the sound of heaven saying, you are my choice. (laughs) And you know, Gideon said, I'm afraid. And the wisdom of God, this this was God's advice. This is what we should tell our friends next time they're afraid to take the land God is calling us to take. He said, go into the enemy's camp. Go sit inside the camp of the one you're afraid of and listen to what they're saying. And and he hears in a dream that two comrades from the enemy's camp had a dream that a barley loaf rolled into the camp. It stumbled its way into the camp and caused the entire camp to turn upside down. And the enemy was terrified and they said, That is none other than Gideon. He is coming for us. And and the enemy was shaking in terror. And the Bible says Gideon heard the dream. He heard the fear of the enemy and he laid prostrate on the ground and he worshiped his God because the enemy knew before Gideon did that God would win. And, you know, the enemy was not terrified about Gideon's strength, about his might, about his army. He was afraid of a barley loaf, (laughs) a barley loaf awkwardly stumbling accidentally into the enemy's camp because God was going to put Gideon on like a glove. And Jesus is looking, where are the surrendered ones who will let go of measure? Let go. It's not about chariots. It's not about horses. It's about the people of God trusting in the name of their God. Let it all go. Lift it up and worship.
up and be surrendered to let God put us on like a glove. Because the hell on the earth is more terrified than we realize that we are waking up to who clothes us. We are clothed in resurrection power. And so I just wanna charge us and remind us this morning Every bit of measure, find it. Find it in your life. Everything you've discounted, where are the pennies? Where, where are the little sacks of lunch in your life? Where's the little bit of oil? Gather it and present it with an open hand. There is more than enough Jesus if it's in your hand. I am more than enough Jesus if I am in your hand. If you feel weak today, start to rejoice. If you feel insufficient today, start to rejoice because the rejoicing terrifies the hell out of your spirit (laughs) because it magnifies a God who will win. He is winning in this hour of history. He will have the final say and we get the privilege of being the people who carry him without apology from a realm that does not make sense to the measure on the earth. But this is our assignment. This is our delight. This is who we are as Bethlehem to our city, to our nation. We carry the God who is more than enough. So I love you. I believe in you. And I'm cheering you on. We're all cheering you on this morning. And we'll be back here next week. I love you guys. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.